Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. No way, Jose. That I'm snover this shit. I wasn't prepared. you did there. Get I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, oh. <laughs> I knew how you were going to enter it, and then you switched it up on me. I did because it snowed. Now, again, I know a lot of our listeners live in a place where there's like 37 million feet of snow right now, and I'm sorry for you. If you are barricaded in and you're like, duh, the snow, you're snover it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. We just have a... A little bit of snow dusting. left. Yeah. An icy dusting. I bit it almost on the way down to my little valley next door. Because there's one really slippy part mm-hmm. that is totally worn down to ice. Yeah. And the rest of it's kind of like snow. But that patch, I'm like, ooh. Ooh. Looks like fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Our like kids me. have been loving it. I mean, it's great. The snow was really pretty, that oh, first snow gosh. that we got, like last week. And, but this is like kind of annoying <laughs> yeah just like that patchy like doesn't really want to melt but it doesn't want to stay yeah and like we mm-hmm. talked about like i'm not really great in the snow like i like to look at it mm-hmm. i like to you know i the ideas can come out but like yeah. i'm uh, yeah it's I'm like, like 20 minutes i'm done i know i'm like i'm a i'm a full day and the bonus if i can actually get in it and then like that checks the list for for the kids because if not, they're like, "Mom, can you come pug? Can you come pug? What about now? What about now?" Like four days later, I'm like, "There's no snow. I can't do it. There's no snow. There's no mm-hmm. snow." But you got to give them at least one time of going outside to play, or they will really ride that wave. Yeah, until the last drop. They did. I mean, they're gonna come home today and ask to go sledding. I'm like, I can see the grass. <laughs> like, I that I'm gonna. This is. I'm just gonna th- say this. I'm not doing it because. We we are ruining not oh. only our gra- I mean <laughs> our just our shit is it's so just, messed up. I don't even I don't even want to get there until spring. And apparently it's Groundhog Day. There's gonna be six more fucking weeks of winter. How do they know? Thanks, Phil. How do they know? And is it the same groundhog? And it's who always is the same one? Pexatoni. Yeah, but like, mm-hmm. is he? I know, but he's been doing this longer. We've been alive. I you gotta listen it. to the groundhog. I don't believe him. But you know what? How do they know he sees a shadow? How do they know? How do they see it? They're gonna know. How do they know? <laughs> They're gonna know. How will they know? Uh, I just don't understand how they, like, does he hold up a sign? Does he ring a buzzer? I think that if he sees it, like, he runs away from it because he gets scared. Now, listen, we can't go clowning on groundhogs because Chunk, the I love, groundhog, is like our boy. Like that I whole family. Chunk. I'm here for that whole family. I think that's the new recruitment. The new recruit is Chunk. Oh, you want Chunk to be in charge of winter? Uh-uh, girl. <laughs> that's <laughs> a crazy, crunked out groundhog. Nope. He's crazy. <laughs> He'd be like, try to drop kick his shadow. Be like, this is also what I'm saying. See you. They take him out of it. Have you ever seen them take him out of the hole? Yes, they wear like a top hat and everything. Like it's like fancy. <laughs> I've never seen something so like weird in my life. That's like I'm very curious on where this tradition came from. We're gonna report back with our next podcast and our update because and why is it? I mean, it's just so crazy. Like, and why are there other groundhogs staying in line? You know, that's a good question. I'm curious. Like, if we put a female groundhog in charge, she'd be like, wrap this shit up. 
we got things to do. We can't no. be underground for six more weeks. No. We need an early spring. What we got to do? Yeah. Just like plant some seeds, get some sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to get out of my hole with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> like my hole, my den, Aiden looking good. <laughs> you, you creep it in my den, Phil. <laughs> get out. Yeah, the top hat always gets me. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is some old white person shit. <laughs> for real. <laughs> It is. I mean, I just want to say, like, who in the boardroom was like, no, you need to wear a top hat? They're like, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like that was right. That like you were. And they've they've never said no to it since. So <laughs> somebody keeps coming back with like, that's tradition, Bob. Like, you crazy go with t- it's like a tie. It's oh, something. I know. Well, you know what's not crazy? What? Our guest today. <laughs> no, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> and we're back. If you're still here, we do. This is yes. not, we're not talking about groundhogs the whole no, time. No, 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 no. We actually do have a guest today. Um, we have Helene Cussman, Cussman on the show today. She is going to be talking about lots of things. Yeah. Her wellness, <clears throat> basically her wellness journey into new momhood. We met her at the International Women's Day. Day of the Woman. Mm-hmm. Day of the Woman. This is not women, yeah. International Women's Day. It was Day of the Woman. I, I think it was International Women's Day. I don't know. Okay, well, it's one of those events. It was one of those events. It was the last live event that we did before we had to shut down. And this is like <laughs> real time. When I realized that, and then you, you know how when you realize a moment in time, and then you go back to that moment, and then like you're kind of there for a second. This exact and experience that as yeah. we're like recording, I was like, oh my! It was the last that. time we were out in public, yeah. right before the pandemic. I mean. It, it just took me back. I know. It just took me back. It did. Like, in oh. all the things, like, we were hugging people. There was a buffet. We with passed finger the food. mic. We like, passed we, the Actually, mic. no. Remember, they had to share them. We had, like, one mic yeah. for each two, like, two people had to share one mic. Yeah. We didn't bring sanitizer. Yeah. We didn't bring wipes to wipe anything down. There was no, san- yeah. It was just, we like, We were just what? sharing germs. Like, we didn't have anything to worry about. Right. I can remember, though. Good old days. Leaving for that event. And Landon saying, be careful, come right home after. I remember you saying that. And that was the day we got that huge delivery yes. from our inst- from Kroger because uh-huh. Landon was one of those people. Yeah. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe the pandemic then. I was like, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I, I was I not. We didn't understand the severity of that. I don't think anybody. Uh-huh. I mean, Landon obviously did. He was like, no, this is, we need all the chips. I will never <laughs> forget that. I was like, I came home and I'm like, oh, Okay. I know. All right. But this was really funny. He bought all this stuff in one box of tampons. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're on lockdown, but <laughs> you just one box. You know, I he, thought that was really funny. Does, I mean, I'm glad he thought yeah, of me. I, I was, was very <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I mean, was like, very sweet. How do you think this works? I know. But do you remember, um, this was, I don't remember what launch this was, but NASA sent a woman into space for six days and gave her a hundred tampons. <laughs> One hundred tampons. <laughs> These are our <laughs> the world's greatest minds. <laughs> There's a whole song. We'll have to find it. And, and, I'll find it. And reshare that. Because I mean, I laughed out loud. I still laugh out loud I when still, I think about it. Because I'm it's like. the funniest song. It's so I'll great. try to find it. Yeah. Long story. Yeah, short. we don't have to explain. It's, we'll yeah, just, it's, it's funny if you NASA can see it. sent this one girl to space for six days and gave her one hundred tampons, and it was it went TikTok viral, and everyone started singing a song to it, and it is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I don't, we didn't do it justice. We butchered that. 
Oh, it was awesome. But it did go back to the... T- I mean, like, I was just really fun. I was really shocked. Like, we <laughs> we had, like, a billion, <laughs> a billion bags of Doritos. I mean, the chip <laughs> count alone in your basement was, like... Uh, we know, still have so many. It's so great. I should take a picture and post it on Crazy Zen just to show you what we still have. And yeah. I'm like, it's all junk. Yeah. But of all the junk that he could have purchased... Hey. He, you really it makes you feel good we does. talk about this in this episode and sometimes you want food that makes you feel good mm-hmm. and, and he got that food and the, the, that's and if it's a bag of chips it's a bag of chips take your chips in We're, your basement and eat them the <laughs> world ends I'm going down with the Doritos would you come yeah. overnight <laughs> bring the Doritos <laughs> how many TikTok versions or innuendos can we put into one episode oh we're never getting tired of it. No. Well, guys, enjoy the episode. Yes. Thanks for being here. And if you like it, please share it with a friend. Yes. We love when you share. You guys have been yes, sharing. So I know. Much. We love when you guys show us that you're listening. <laughs> it makes us feel really special. <laughs> Thanks for liking us. Thanks, friends. And you guys have been loving the episodes lately, so I'm, yeah. I'm really jazzed up for that. Are you, oh, are you now? You're jazzed. jazzed. <laughs> so j- are you jazz gale? <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz gale. I have jazz hands right now. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, enjoy Helene. Okay, we are in the studio again. And I, I need to figure out a new way to say that. I think we, I we, mean, we, we say that ever. I guess it's like become so rhythmic. I don't know where else we're coming from. So it has to be in the, the studio. <laughs> no, we're like, oh, we're in the studio. They're like, no shit. Like, we're here. I should be like, I'm coming for my car. No, no, no. We have a really great episode today. I'm so excited to chat with Miss Helene. Kuzmin. I know. I was like, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. And I messed it up. Okay. Helene <laughs> Kuzmin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, that's what happens. Yes. Well, um, welcome virtually to the closet, Helene. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> thank you. I'm admiring all of the shoes behind you. Oh, why, thank you. Yes. Once upon a time, <laughs> I used to wear them and not wear house slippers all the time. But really, you know, it's the... Uh, one day I'll get back to those, but not they're nice to look yet. at. They're, they're great to look at. <laughs> they're good toys too. Harper likes to play with my shoes. So I'm like glad that someone's enjoying them. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. And there's like, this wall is off limits to my children. I have another wall over here that has a lot more for them to play with. And I'm like, though, any of those is fine. But they're like, mom, we want that row. I'm like, not, <laughs> not a chance, kiddos, not a chance. <laughs> oh, maybe when you, after you graduate college, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you have to earn I feel like you just have to earn your right as a woman into walking in heels because it's not easy and you've got to practice and there's got to be like that air of confidence you're like I got this I got mm-hmm. this so you gotta you gotta earn those blisters fair and square ladies <laughs> <laughs> at the broken end exactly. well um speaking of which when you're earning in that that those little rights of a womanhood. Um, I wanted to have you on the podcast because we go back. Remember, uh, yes. Helene was at the, the Women's Day. Um, yeah, the International Day of the Woman that was sponsored by Lululemon. And this was, fun fact, the last um, public event that we did before quarantine. We got in yeah. right I mean, it was like four days before like everything, everything shut, down. shut down. Yeah, it was like the weekend before. Yes, yeah. I think it was. So that was the yeah. first time that we met Helene and we instantly fell in love. We were just like, oh, she's such a delight. She's got so many great insights. And you're, uh, you at that time, you're just like a brand new mom, right? Like your baby was itty bitty. He was still an infant then, which is kind of crazy because I'm like, how does 
I don't know, this whole past year feels like it's a really long time in a short time. So I'm like, time is weird right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and looking back on that, I'm like, we were around so many people and like, it, it was so unknown. Like it wasn't really like a thing. That is such a weird way to, yeah, <laughs> the juxtaposition of it. Like now we turned and we're like, we're virtual and right. we're not talking in person and we're not sharing mics. <laughs> yeah, remember we're passing mics around? Yeah. That yeah. would have been so there's no way there's we no way we would have done that now. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> one day. One day we'll get back to to that. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. So your listen our listeners don't really probably are not familiar with you yet. Uh tell us what makes you special <laughs> among all the things. And um and tell us about your self-love journey and your mind-body journey and um, just basically what your intentions are putting out into the world. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am a mom, I'm a yoga teacher, and I am a foodie who loves to cook. So those are some of the parts of, I guess, what's really helped to motivate me Um, on my wellness journey, just kind of combining both my love of movement and healthy food. And then also um, kind of in my journey of motherhood, trying to find balance with those things with also being realistic as a busy mom and just trying to give myself whatever I need so that I can have the energy to feel really good, both mentally and also physically. So That is a, I guess, a big part of what I hope to bring to people is just a way to realistically feel your best, because I know that there's a lot out there, but once we can figure out what those small pieces are that we need, that's going to help us feel good. That's when everything changes. Awesome. And so when you have these thoughts and these, uh, these intentions, how do you share them with people? Do you have a blog or do you have a website? Like what kind of programs do you have that will help reach people? Yeah. So I have, um, a website. It is just my name, helenecussman.com. Um, and then I also share a lot on social media, which is also at Helene Cussman. So kind of just my name and then all of those places where you can find me and where I share lots of recipes, um, meditations, all kinds of just things like that. I just muted and closed the door because I heard one of the a really loud electronic uh, toys. Oh, like, okay. That's like, that's the life. That's, okay, the, life. that's the balance though. That's the balance. It's like, how do you find some sort of like peace, Zen, work-life balance and all the things with like electric, electronic toys and all the things happening. So there you go. <laughs> just wait. Yeah. I know Harper is how old you said? About a year, maybe? He's a year and a half now. Yeah, it's it's insane. It gets, and it's just like the louder they get, they get loud, like just loud. Yeah. Just loud in general. Um, he is, he is very loud. Um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful sounds most of the time, but like, I know we're going to talk today a little bit, maybe about meditation. And that's been like a big thing for me since becoming a mom is like, okay, meditating doesn't mean that things are going to be quiet. Like, can I still find a moment of peace and Zen when people are screaming around me? (laughs) So it's changed things for sure. Yeah, actually, that's a great way to lead into our first question is how, how do you find meditating? And does it have to be you're sitting on a pillow in a peaceful, quiet place? Like, where do you find those little moments to snapshot in your meditation? 
I think that that's just changed a lot over the past couple of years. Um, before it was a little bit more about setting up a beautiful space and meditation practice and making it more of like a ritual experience. And now it's definitely shifted to like, where can I find these little pockets of time for just even a few deep breaths, like a couple minutes here or there. I try to meditate in the mornings um, so that it doesn't get put on the back burner. Just like do it right away. First thing in the morning before things get crazy. Um, but it's just about finding those little windows of time that work and making it realistic. And I know for some people, it might be realistic and motivating to create that whole peaceful setup. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like sometimes we almost feel like we have to um, have like one way or another. So then when you get away from like, oh, well, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's almost like shaming people who want that whole beautiful setup. And like, that's great too, but it just, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so I think it's just about finding what works. And currently for me, that's just small pockets of time that might be all the loud and craziness going on, but just like finding a way to breathe and take a few moments for myself in that. Um, but maybe one day I'll come back to some of those longer, more <laughs> ritualistic experiences. Cause those are great too. Mm-hmm. Well, two words that I'm picking up on is ritual and realistic. Um, and you've said them quite a lot. And I think that's so such a great way to like meld those two. Like you can create a ritual uh, and still be realistic with your expectations too. So, because we set all these expectations for ourselves, like it has to be this way, but honestly, realistically, it's not going to always happen the way that you think it's going to happen. And you have to let go, let go of it. Yeah. I used to do so a lot of cleaning in the morning and my, I would do it in my closet. Cause it's like, nobody bothers me in here. I'd try to do it before the kids got up and this is pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the workout room in our house is right below my closet. And my husband, his meditation and therapy is he's a runner and he's running on the treadmill trying to get your Zen while your husband is stomping as loud as he possibly can on the treadmill below the TV's blaring. I was like, I had more daggers than I did like Zen moments. And I was like, I can't do it again anymore. I just can't do it. And I didn't want him to give up his time in meditation. I'm like, I can just move my spot someplace else. So Mm -hmm. I really did have to learn, like, you don't have to be anchored into that one place because that's where you find in your head, like, this is the most convenient place to do it. You really do, like you said, just find those pockets of time and like, and be realistic about like, okay, or maybe today's not the day. Maybe meditation isn't going to happen today and giving yourself a little bit of grace to understand that that's also okay. That's part of the journey. For sure. And I think that that's where people can get caught up sometimes with their goals, whether it's like a physical or mental um, health goal is sometimes if you bring all of this masculine energy to something like meditation, like I have to meditate every day, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes every single morning. And if I don't, then I'm ruined. It's like, you're kind of losing touch with why, what brought you to that goal to begin with, if it's to find some um, time for self-compassion and to relax and to feel good about yourself then why do you need to have it be that you're messing things up or feeling like you're failing? So I think if we come back to that original motivation of what brought us to a goal, then it can give us a little bit more, um, be a little bit more forgiving with ourselves when we don't reach whatever that was. 
yeah, I love that. Well, it's powerful. How has the shift in the pandemic and, and how that shifted your life? How has that shifted your mindset on how you goal set now? I've definitely had to become even more realistic. I feel like there's been these layers over the past couple of years where first it was having Harper and becoming a mom and that brings its own challenges. And then um, being a mom during the pandemic, it's like a whole new set of challenges because everyone's just in the house more. Um, There's also an increase in kind of like needing even more mental health supports and goals and that type of thing. So it's just added a new layer on of almost, I would say like recommitting me to some of those goals um, that I do have. It's like given me even more motivation of why it's more important than ever. So how are you guiding others too to be realistic, intentional, uh, maybe circling back to those? How are you keeping them a little bit more grounded as well during a pandemic and mental instability and maybe even just other issues going on at home? I think that just coming back to that idea of being realistic is the most important. And then checking in with yourself and setting goals regularly um, so that you can figure out what's working and what's not working and then letting go of any self-judgment and just being able to constantly be going through this process of figuring out what feels best for you. So I think it's important to just let go of what everyone else is doing, um, whatever you're you know, expectations are and just goal set from like almost a neutral place where you're not going to be judging yourself. If it doesn't work out, you're just going to be looking at it and almost assessing like, okay, why isn't this working? What can I change so that I can feel good? Um, Because it is a process and what works for us one day might not work for us the next, what works for us one month uh, might not work the next, especially during this past year where so much is changing constantly. So being able to adapt be realistic, be forgiving with yourself, let go of judgment and expectations can shift everything and really make goal setting come from a place of love. Okay. I really like the, I like yeah. a lot of those. So you, um, speaking of judgments and I think Shannon and I can, I think your, your heart is ju- like you're judge yourself more than anyone else. Of course. Um, how is being a new mom and letting go of all that? And how are you helping to guide other new moms to let go of that judgment and how important is that with that self-love and, and coming back to that? I think that's huge. Before I had Harper, like when I was pregnant and then just like, you know, planning, we plan so many things and have so many expectations for our parenting. And I wanted to do things really naturally and like had all these ideas of how I wanted things to go. And then as a mom, I've kind of figured out that the best way to do things or like the most natural way to do things is the way that feels best for your family. Um, One of my favorite mantras is I flow with life. I flow through life with ease and just focusing on that flow and making things easy for yourself because we sometimes make things so hard for ourselves because we already have these expectations. And then on top of that, we judge ourselves, we criticize ourselves and we add on all of these layers to what might be an already challenging situation in our lives or in parenting. So when we can just approach it with doing what's best for you, doing what feels the most natural, being in the flow with what feels easy and let go of all of those other expectations that we have um, for ourselves and our own parenting, things just feel so much easier. And then we can feel that sense of self-love because we're being compassionate for ourselves and for our kids. 
like that. I'm going to have to deep dive on that one because I've been <laughs> this year. So I'm like, oh, girl, right, right. I don't know where the easy button is right now. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe we can make it easier. We just like maybe it's just we're so in it sometimes where, you know, when you zoom out, maybe you're like, OK, maybe we can try. But I know it is not easy. And maybe understanding that it's not easy is the first easy thing to do. I don't yeah. know. It has definitely been extreme parenting for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we had the home sanctuary girls on a couple of weeks ago and they said, everything's extreme home living. And now I'm like, this is extreme home parenting. Like you are in it all the time. Like you yeah. can't leave. It's, it's a hundred percent. It's in your face. And it's not what you probably thought parenting was. I know that's for sure. For yeah. Me. No, that's for sure. Um, so yeah. what has been your biggest lesson that you've learned this past year being a new mom, like entered into the, this new mom arena and what is like your number one piece of advice for any new mom coming into this pandemic type motherhood, which is, it's unheard of. I think that one thing I've really learned is how to set boundaries. Um, and I see that as such a big piece of our self-care and love, because once we can figure out our boundaries and what our needs are and be able to communicate that with others, um, have those boundaries, both like with our family and kids, and then also for our family and kids to others, then that can help us to feel so much better. And I know that helped me a lot. Um, like kind of when I was pregnant and then had Harper setting some of those boundaries. And then again, it's like all these layers of the pandemic, like just figuring out where are your boundaries? What are your, your, most important needs and values so that you can know what things you just need to let go and not worry about. But then what are your things that truly are important to help you feel good and what your family needs? Yeah. I I love that. Yeah. I love the boundaries because setting them from the beginning and notice. <laughs> so was that a hard conversation with your loved ones saying like, these are my boundaries, like not just during the pandemic, but also entering into it, like, this is, this is how I'm going to parent. Was that a hard conversation? And how did you broach all of those, like, maybe sticky conversations that you can have with those people? Well, I think that what I realized is sometimes we make things harder and complicated in our heads. Like if you're an overthinker, like I definitely can be, it's like thinking about these things, you're like, oh my goodness, what's this person going to think of that? They're not going to be happy about this or that, or um, all these things. And then it's like, just don't overthink it. And just, I think that when you express your boundaries confidently and you tell someone what you need with confidence and from a place of love, rather than being like nervous about it and like, well, I think I might need this, but I'm not sure. Like, what do you think? Do you think this is a good idea? Like, are you okay with this? That type of thing versus like, just being like, Hey, this is what I need. Like, is that cool? Um, I don't know. That can kind of change things. And so I definitely, I thought that certain conversations would be harder than they were um, and surprised myself. I think sometimes we can like surprise ourselves with things like it can go one way or another in life, right? Like there's things that we think are going to be easy and are really hard. But um, I think over time, I've just realized that the more confident we can be with some of that stuff, um, it just does make it easier. Confident in boundary setting. I love it. That's I great. Do too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do too. I do too. Um, so what, one thing I do love, like when you do set that confident, like I love difficult conversations. I don't love to have them, but I love coming out <laughs> on the other side. I say this all the time. It's like the number one thing I tell even like 20 year olds, what you're going to learn in your thirties is that, wow, 
man, when you come out of the other side of having these difficult conversations, it makes your relationships better, but also it makes like your love it, internally so much better for yourself. You're like, I did that. Like I, I said my, what my, I wanted, I set my intentions and, and there was probably mutual respect gained on either of both sides. And it's just, I think it's just such a crazy kind of sticky way to go into it, but it, <laughs> it, it, it does make you a better communicator and it makes your relationships so much better. I do agree with that. And I'm proud For of you. Sure. I loved that when I was 28. <laughs> <When> I <laughs> I oh my gosh. I feel like it just reinforces to yourself too. Like it's communicating that you value yourself. Um, so like the more times that we do those things over time, it's just building that relationship with yourself where you find that you do value your needs and yourself just as much as everyone else's. And it's not that you're feeling like you're more important than everyone else, but it's like, you're giving yourself that same care and love that you would do for anyone else, you know, giving them what they need or defending their needs or whatever that is. Right. Well, yeah. Well, what does, um, what does self-love mean to you? To me, it's about building an authentic relationship with yourself where you honor both what you need mentally and physically. So thinking about authentic, cause I know that that can be like a word that's used a lot in people. And it's like, okay, what does that really mean? I would say it's just really being able to tune into your true self and what your needs are, because there's a lot around us um, that can make us feel like, okay, this is what I need to do to practice self-care or self-love. Okay. I need to do this. And it's like tuning in, like, what do you really feel like you need? And then bringing in both that mental and physical. Cause we all have like the things we know we need physically. Maybe we know that we need to work out, or maybe we know that we need to, you know, have X, Y, and Z food to feel good. And then also mentally, what do we need? Like, do we need time for ourselves? Do we need um, therapy? Do we need, like, what are all the things that we need mentally and physically? Okay. Yeah. And it's, I think that that's really hard to listen because you have so many external things telling you what you should be doing. Like you should be working out and you should look like this and you should feed your children this. And then you have to spend this amount of time with them and not too much time because then you're like helicopter mom, but then, you know, take them off their iPads. Oh, but let them have screen time. Let them have, you know, it's, it, there's yeah. so things coming at you about the correct way. So if, uh, are you working with new moms right now? Um, or are you just basically just doing um, your yoga practice? Like how, how are you, have you formulated like your, your program? Um, it's a mix. There's definitely a lot of moms um, but then also people who are just kind of trying to find that same balance. Like I like to refer to um, our babies can be like human babies or our other things like work projects or other big parts of our life that feel like our babies. So I think that sometimes some of the same things can apply that I know resonate with moms who are in my workshops or taking classes with me or programs. Um, as with other people who just have things that feel that same importance to them, where it, it is like with kids where almost you need to have those boundaries, like of what you need, you know, how much you want to try to control or grasp onto certain things or how much you kind of want to just like let things flow. So I don't know. I think that people can feel like their babies are all different things sometimes. I definitely would agree with that. I mean, when I started my business six and a half years ago or actually it was seven, my kids at the time were two and four. And I would, during their nap time is when I would work on my business plan and work on the models and work on, you know, the branding, like everything that 
I could get done, but I built my business. I always joke like two hours at a time during nap times. And I was thankful when they would both go down at the same time, but it wasn't realistic for me to expect that they would. But that's one of those, you know, like looking back now, I'm like, gosh, I being able to utilize and see. And I think that that's something that you get with being a mom is like, you get to be like really quick on your feet and learning how to like, all right, listen, it's not going to be the same. It's not even the same from hour to hour in this house. So I've got to be able to like quickly, you know, look at my surroundings and figure out, okay, like I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it here. And we get really good at multitasking, but we also get really burnt out from spinning the wheels in, you know, a lot of different directions mm-hmm. at very fast speeds. What would be some advice that you would give? Um, I mean, it could be to any, any baby mama. So like <laughs> whatever your baby project is, it could be your child, your dog, your business, whatever it is on how to like recognizing the signs of like burnout, but like to help prevent it from the get-go. Well, I think that what can be motivating for those who do want to give, give, give to like their family, to their work, um, to whatever their baby is, is reminding yourself that if you do take that time to recharge, you're going to be able to put more into whatever those are. And I think that sometimes that's what can motivate us when we don't yet have that motivation to just do something for ourselves because it's going to feel good is to remember like, look, if this project is so important to you, if your work is so important to you, taking that time to recharge is going to bring you um, back into it in this new um, lens of creativity, productivity, being able to give it your all. And then same with parenting too. It's like when we can just take that time to step back, to recharge, um, we are so much more patient and loving and energized. I know when I take just even time to like work out and then I come back to being with Harper, um, I just have so much more patience and energy. And I feel that way with projects too, that I've worked on where it's like, okay, if I can just step back, give myself a break, sometimes you come back to it and you're able to have a new appreciation and just really give it your all. Yeah, absolutely. I always feel like I, I come from a much more accepting place after I've moved my body, whether it's been taking a walk or it's doing yoga or it's a workout, like those endorphins are flowing and I'm like, and my kids have picked up on this. They're like, she's in a much more, <laughs> she's in a place of yes after yes. this. So like ask mommy after she works out, she's a lot nicer. Yeah. I'm like, it's very true. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Usually when you get a smoothie going too. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You want a snack? Good. Yeah. I've got time. Sure. Sure. Why not? Well, speaking of food, which I did want to touch on because when I scroll through your Instagram, you have some amazing recipes. So let's touch on um, how you've approached your plant-based more diet-ish, maybe plant-based-ish and um, how you really came about being a foodish foodie. <laughs> Yeah, so I started cooking mainly as a way um, to really be able to prepare foods for myself that helped me feel good. So I used to have a lot of digestive health issues and just felt like I had tried everything and wasn't feeling good. And then once I started like experimenting more in the kitchen and figuring out what foods did make me feel really good versus what foods didn't, it really gave me a new sense of appreciation for food and also motivation for cooking and exploring different foods. And then what I've noticed from um, like talking to and just working with other people around food is that we all have these individual needs that are so different. So I like to call the food that I 
offer um, through my recipes feel good food because it really is rooted in what you eat to feel good versus I do use the word healthy sometimes and tend to say like healthy-ish because um, some things I feel like are things that people would think of typically as healthy and maybe some things aren't um, and just finding that balance but really just figuring out what feels good for you um, and I think that that's where we find that balance of like getting away from diet culture, but also still valuing the importance of fresh, healthy food because it is what's going to help us feel our best. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what brought me to it. And then once I moved, so I'm from the DC area and I lived in the city before moving here. And so once I moved here, it became even more motivation to cook more frequently because there we had a lot more options for like quick, fast, casual, healthy salad chops and stuff like that. And then here, when we didn't have as much of that, I was like, okay, I've got to figure out how to make this realistic so that I'm not just cooking when I'm making like this whole fancy meal. I've got to figure out how to just like have quick things that I can throw together on hand. What's one of your favorite go-to in a quick, I'm going to make this, I'm going to feel good kind of things. I really like blender soups because I'm a smoothie person too, but sometimes like I'm also someone who's always cold. Like I'm actually like literally freezing right now, even like what warm thing can I go grab after this? But blender soups are really fun because if you're a smoothie lover, then they're a good thing you can do to switch it up in the winter or to incorporate more veggies too. So anything, um, I like to cook a lot of plant-based food. So, you know, focusing on veggies, but I am a meat eater as well. And I love the benefits of bone broth because you can still make something like a nice bone broth soup where you've got um, that nourishing element in there, but then you're picking maybe like sweet potatoes. We made a sweet potato parsnip bone broth soup last week um, with some stuff from the Bardstown Road Farmers Market that was really good. And that's a recipe I have on my website that I love and keep coming back to. Yeah. I love that. I love a parsnip too. I do too. I love the rustic like taste of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that I just I love. Yeah. I, like I forgot it. about them until like we were at the farmer's market and I was like, oh yeah, parsnips. Forgot I about forget. you. Like, oh, there's, it's like a weird carrot. I like that you yeah. feel good food. Cause I'll be honest. I, I am a primarily plant-based as well. I do a lot of seafood. I don't eat land critters, but I will, if it swims in the sea, I'm, I'm happy to do it, but I ain't gonna lie. I like a bag of Doritos that makes me feel good some days and some days that's what I want. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it could be, I mean, I know, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I mean, I stressed me (laughs) back in college, trying to not fail an exam. I'm like, Oh my Lord. Um, But I do find a lot of comfort in food and I myself, I'm the same way. Like I love to cook and that brings me a lot of joy. And I, you know, enjoy feeding my family it's convenient when they eat what I cook, but they don't always want what I want, you know, when I want to feed them or I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is great. And, you know, there's a lot of language that comes around, like when you're trying to feed your family. And I think there's a lot of like pressure as parents too, of like, okay, I want to be able to provide for them nutritious, fulfilling foods, but I also want to give them food security. And I also want to give them their own you know, identity around food. I don't want to put my, you know, how I view foods onto my Mm -hmm. kids because it's not necessarily how they're going to feel about, you know, eggplant or, you know, all these things that I would hope that they would like, but, you know, I can't pressure them to be like, no, you have to like these, like you have to eat something green every meal. You have to eat protein at every meal. Like, but you know, like I can't force my kids to do that and I don't want to. Um, But I love that you give that, that room for like 
foods that make you feel good because there are days where the yummy nutritious foods do feel better in my body than the bag of Doritos. Mm-hmm. But there's a place for those Doritos. That <laughs> not, there's no. not. There's a place for. <laughs> but then you appreciate when you go back to you make this amazing meal and like everyone loves you. Like oh my gosh, you know it's just mm-hmm. it, it is there is like a balance there, and I will say that is number one. Shan loves to really nourish like that. I guess that like little pot in your, pot in your body. Like she loves to create these amazing recipes like so all the time. And I, I mean, she's inspired me all the time to just step outside my comfort zone of my, like the 10 dinners we do at home. Like, Oh, let's try something else. Let's, let's try. Yeah. That. It's really, yeah. It's been a really fun little journey to be on because it makes you really kind of experiment more um, different flavors. And then it opens up a way bigger palette for your kids later on with a no pressure palette. That's good. Yeah. Well, the, no pressure palette. I like that. And that's exactly like last night I made this pad thai for dinner and one of my kids actually ate at Brittany's house last night for dinner. And I was like, yeah, go for it. My other one was at swim practice. And when she got home, um, I had made this pad thai and she's like, she kind of looked at it. I'm like, I have your, cause we had made fried rice the other night. And I'm like, I have that in the fridge. If that's something, you know, that you're feeling more towards. Yeah. If you're leaning more towards that, she's like, I think so. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I put like a small little plate of shrimp pad thai for her. And I was like, here, if you want to try it, go for it. And she's like, okay. So she, you know, she finished her fried rice and then she was like, it smells really good. And I'm like, I think it tastes great. And she takes a bite and she's like, that's pretty good. Mom you did a good job. And I was like, thanks buddy. She only took the one bite, but again, it was that no pressure of like, no pressure palette. Yeah, you yeah, you're like, hey, like, you can Hey, you know, it would, it would have been a different story had it been like, you have to try this or, you know, you're going to hurt my feelings if you don't try my food. I'm like, that's oh my gosh. No, well, can't. no, but that's, I mean, in all honesty, as someone who spends a lot of time in the kitchen, it does hurt my feelings when they don't like try things. I'm like, damn it. Do you know how long I didn't spend the last two hours in here for you to be like, <laughs> but I'm also not going to be like super bitchy about it. They're like, that's not for me. Yeah. You know? I'm like, yeah. Okay. So is, is Harper more accepting to different, I know he's only 19 or 18 months, but is he more accepting to all kinds of things or is he kind of like, eh, I don't know about that mom. It totally depends. So it's funny because I feel like I've had to think about, I'm like, okay, he's a kid. Like, it's kind of like me where when we're talking about like the days we want Doritos versus the days that we want those nourishing meals, like there's days where he just wants to eat peanut butter puffs. And then there's days where he'll like eat brussels sprouts and like all these things and but then the next day he hates them so i'm like wait a second don't judge him because you're the same way there's days you open that fridge and you don't want to touch the vegetables so i think i've had to remind myself like he's still a little person he has his little opinions um but i like that no pressure palette thing because i think that that does definitely change it and then it like makes us feel less bad too when our kids aren't eating healthy we're like it's cool it's okay no expectations like they'll eat it maybe one day or they won't. Um, and it does feel healthier because it's kind of the same with us where it's like, if we're judging ourselves too hard over what we're eating or making ourselves feel bad, then we have such a more negative relationship with food than if we can just let go of some of that and then hopefully not project that on our kids. I try to be careful that sometimes because like, just like projecting my own feelings or just like things that I can and can't eat with him kind of like what you said where like sometimes you make something and you know your kids aren't gonna like it because I don't eat dairy but like dairy is agrees with him fine now so I'll still like buy him some of his own groceries of like his little dairy yogurt or like 
his regular ravioli and I'm like, well, he likes this. So it's okay. We don't have to eat the same thing sometimes, even though that seems easier, but whatever. I will say Kite Hill has an amazing cheese tortellini that like my kids right now are, they have a food sensitivity or like a sensitivity to dairy, which breaks both their hearts because they love mac and cheese and they love <laughs> pizza. And like my youngest does not like fake cheese as she calls it. Um, but the Kite Hill cheese tortellini is a palate pleaser across the board in our house and nobody complains. Everybody eats it. Everybody loves it. Um, and they, they've been like asking for it. I'm like, okay, so maybe if you are looking to, you know, have a meal, you don't have to cook twice. Cause sometimes I have <laughs> parents and like in our house, it's just like, how, how can I get it down to like one meal? Everybody's singing and chirping and, you know, mm-hmm. being like, wow, this is great. And that only happens on Tuesday when I make tacos. That's just really the only time it happens. So. <laughs> Mine's pasta night. Yeah. My pasta, like whatever pasta I put in front of them, it's fine. But, and, you know, and relating that back to food, like food is so powerful. It takes over our, you know, it, our minds, our bodies. It's, it can be so consuming to get so concerned about it all the time and letting go of some of that is, is, is also power in itself. I know that that's why I we have been on this journey together, Shannon and I, about, you know, a lot of body positivity, but also we're anti the diet culture where we don't want to, we want people to just to live their best life the way that they can. Like we want to help promote that because you, you have the power to do it yourself, whatever you want to do. Um, how important is the body positivity movement with you and breaking down kind of those bad habits, mental habits? I think it's such an important part of having that authentic self-love and compassion um, because if we're practicing these things that we feel like are helping us with self-love but we're still beating ourselves up um, about our bodies then it's hard for that to feel authentic and feel good but my big shift for me um, that I think is something I hope I try to share with people that I think helps things to click for them is coming from a neutral place because I think it can feel inauthentic sometimes if you are especially like in a kind of negative place with body positivity to look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. I love myself. So if you can come up with ways to neutralize and, um, you know, one thing with specifically physical body is thinking about celebrating some of the mechanics, even of what your body does, because that can feel authentic, even if you're not ready um, on a certain day or in general, for looking in the mirror and saying, I love everything about myself. I'm beautiful. Thinking about what are the things your body does that are amazing. Um, and then also just being neutral with like, knowing that you're doing the best you can, you know, you're perfect the way you are right now on this journey. And just kind of like being able to feel, to get to that neutral space can feel really empowering. Absolutely. We talk a lot in our house about what our bodies can do. Like, you know, your legs are really powerful and, you know, they, I've got a swimmer and a skateboarder and I'm like, this one helps you swim, you know, really, really fast. And this one's going to help you, you know, push off that skateboard and like go super fast down this pipe. And it's important to like bring that language into your house and not just for females, but for males too, so that they're seeing and they're, they're realizing it's not about what someone looks like, but it's about like what they're capable of doing, you know, with the power of their own body and their own mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it's, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but it's, it's gone. <laughs> I see where she was yeah. going. It's just having, having that autonomy, like saying like, this is my body has positive things, not just 
how aesthetically. it looks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and going back to that and having, cause you have a son and I have two sons and having a mother that is, this is something I've learned uh, that promotes her body in a different way. Like not getting so hung up on the aesthetics makes them really appreciate the non-aesthetic part of a woman as well. Like I talk about, although I like to look pretty and all that kind of stuff, don't get me wrong, but that also, they see me do other things than just look a certain way. They see me really like take care of my body in other ways. And that's like, that's primary. That's that, that is what I have to do first. And so I don't want them to get all hung up on the aesthetics all the time. I'm like, women are beautiful all the time, (laughs) no matter what their bodies are doing, not just when you look. (laughs) it's important Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that it's the messages like that we surround ourselves with too like whether that is um sorry did I just cut out for a second no you're fine yeah okay (laughs) the messages we surround ourselves with too like just like how you know surrounding our kids with those messages the influence it has on them thinking about the messages that we're surrounding ourselves with can be a game changer so for me it was removing myself from like workout environments where there was always negative body um, messages to you know get that beach body or um, you know earn your earn your drinks tonight and all that stuff because when I tuned in and kind of noticed where some of these messages were coming from I noticed that they were coming from like external things like that. And then once I got away from some of that and like cut it out of my life, it's not an issue for me anymore. Sure. Like, you know, I have what I call like, you know, we all have like bad body days or like, it's normal. Even when you love yourself and love your body to have days where you're like, Oh, I don't look great. Or like, uh, I don't feel that strong right now. Like that's normal. Um, but where we have those messages that are just creeping up even when we want to feel good and just kind of almost like haunting us. A lot of times there's these external places that they're coming from and reinforcing that and just being cognizant of that can be a really big game changer. I really like that. Yeah, I do too. Honestly, breaking down those those bad habits. Yeah, I've I've said that like recently. I'm like, I'm going to do this so I can have like (laughs) <laughs> I, I literally have said that recently, which is so bad. I'm like, why don't, why did I say that? Like, no, like, I mean, I want to have wine, I want to have wine. If I want to do this, I'm going to do this. So that's it. I mean, I, I kind of feel that same, like, sometimes it's really hard to identify where that mind shift comes from of, I mean, I, I don't, I feel like I'm a product of the diet culture. I was, you know, I had my 90s starter pack with the Dexatrim and, you know, the women's health magazines, everybody's in bikini. And I'm like, I want abs like that. You know, like Mm -hmm. that was how I grew up. And the older I get, I mean, I'm 41 and I'm, you know, super comfortable in my skin now and it's stretchy and there's like some shit going on in there. And I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. This is where I am in my journey. But yeah. Like, I've been like, I don't want to be part of this diet culture where I feel like I have to earn my food. Like food mm-hmm. isn't a reward. Food is a, a right for me. Like, I also know that I, I, I don't live in a food insecure place. Like I know that my grocery store is going to give me the, the organic bounty that I like. I also know that it's a privilege of mine to have, like, I know not everybody has, you know, that ability to just walk into a store and get access to, you know, delicious. healthy or, you know, delicious nutrient, nutritious type of foods. Um, but I also have come to the point where like, I like to move my body. I like the way I feel when I move my body, I'm a happier person when I am active and that's not succumbing to body culture or like diet culture that is coming into the realization of I'm not doing it to look 
aesthetically a certain way. I'm doing it because mentally I am a better person and I come from a much better, clearer headspace when I have moved my body. It is a, it's not a treat to do that for me. It is a necessity because that is something that I have come that like it, it doesn't matter what the physical byproduct of that is anymore. At one point in my life, it was, but I'm in that space now where I'm like, nope, it's good. Like I'm moving because if I don't, I don't feel good. Like, and not about myself, but I just don't feel like myself. Mm. And it took a long time to get there. I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) but I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) It's a process. That's the thing is like, I don't think people should feel frustrated and there's ups and downs with it. Like, you know, if you are working to, have more self-love or self-care feel you know inviting more body positivity it's not just going to be like one day deciding that and everything changes like it's a journey and a process and nobody's perfect and it's like any relationship too where like if you have that unconditional love then you still might have those days where you're not happy with someone right or like you get in a fight and it doesn't mean you don't love them and I think we can apply that to ourselves too is like we're not going to always be perfectly happy with ourselves 24 seven, but it's still just like, as long as you're coming back to that, that loving compassion relationship, then it can feel healthier um, than when it's more conditional. Yeah. Well, wow. we have, I love that. Like, yeah. you don't have to love yourself 24 seven. And we're like, if I would have known that in my twenties, I'm like, Oh, I said a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to have this. Yeah. This love spewing out of your heart. You're like, well, you're okay today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what we have loved. We have loved chatting with you. We really appreciate your time. And can you just tell our listeners one more time where they can find you and how they can get in contact with you? Yeah. So I've got my website, helenecussman.com. And then I'm also at Helene Cussman on social media. So it's just my name, H-E-L-E-N-E-K-U-S-M-A-N. And I've got lots of great mind body resources there, Um, tons of free recipes, um, meditation challenge that people can join and just always some sort of new fun free event or resource there. Cool. And are you teaching um, at any studio or are you doing it just virtually? Yeah, so I teach at Yoga Baum. So um, for anyone looking to do uh, some local studio yoga and also Omi's in the Highlands uh, Kids and Prenatal Yoga. So those are my two local spots. And then I also um, teach virtually. I have my mind body membership and also people can do drop-ins for virtual yoga with me via my website. Which is cool. such a great byproduct of the pandemic. I know, right? Like, learning so how to do things online, I think has been so amazing. Yeah. Gives everybody such a flexibility. For sure. And just makes things more realistic because now I've definitely gotten spoiled with like, oh, 20 minute virtual workout. I can totally squeeze that in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Instead of driving somewhere. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I totally I know. Although I love the community, but I, it's, it just makes it feasible when you have a family and a lot of things pulling at you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're so glad. Thank you for taking this time with us. And um, yeah, we'll definitely share all the things on our web, our, our show page. And we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Yeah. Thank you. This is so much fun. Great chatting with you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Aline. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.